Welcome to the She's Electric podcast. I'm Pia, a passionate food consultant who is learning how to build my business while raising my young family. And I'm Kaya, dedicated business coach and enthusiastic yogi. It's our mission to help working mothers redefine the way they work and reimagine what is possible. We aim to be raw and real about the challenges and highlights we experience on our journeys of motherhood, business and life and hope that by sharing what we've learned, we can help you too. Welcome to the She's Electric podcast, and thank you everyone for joining us today. So, Kaya, how are you doing? It sounds like a crazy thing to say in the midst of everything that's been going on, mm. but I today I've had a great day. Oh, that's amazing. Tell yeah. me more. I'm resisting mm. judgment to myself yeah. for being able to say that. Yeah, yeah. But there's been so many bad days mm. in the last uh, couple of weeks that I will take a great day. And actually, I have had quite a rough few days because we have been dealing with a lot of stuff to do with organising Luca's funeral, which has been brutal. Mm. But... This morning, despite waking up and not feeling that great, I noticed that I was getting quite involved in my husband and getting quite obsessed with what I thought he should be doing to yeah. make himself feel better. And then I thought, what do I want to do today? Why do I need to be like fixing him? And why do I need to be like judging what he's doing? I was actually supposed to be meeting one of my best friends mm. and I just messaged her to say should we go and get our nails done and we went for a mani-pedi and it was just like so great it yeah. was so great to spend like one-on-one -on -one time with my really good friend yeah yeah who she has three kids I obviously had Luca and we don't get to spend that much one-on-one -on -one time together mm -hmm. ever yeah and this was amazing and we were also both doing something that we was like for us yeah that makes us feel really good it was a real lesson in it was great to spend time with somebody who knows what's going on but also we can just be in our lives together yeah this thing that's happening to me right now for some people it feels like it has to be the center of everything mm -hmm. and actually so many people are dealing with their own shit in their lives and this is a big thing that we're dealing with in our lives but our lives are not bigger than other people's lives and it's soothing to be with somebody who can share their life with you without holding back they can tell you about their issues and what's going mm. on for them without having this guilt so that felt really good and then I just had the best coaching session with one of my clients mm. you obviously do similar work I do group work and one-on-one -on -one work I love them both but there is something so special about long-term one-on-one clients yeah and this particular client because we've been working together for so long there's such a level of trust there that anything can be explored yeah it's so amazing to be able to be a part of someone's journey especially when their journey is towards like them being their best self yeah. it is an honor so that was just a great thing to have today. And now I'm recording with you, which is like another great thing. <laughs> yeah. So it's incredible just to hear you talk like that. And this is something that I 
I noticed so early on in your grief journey that you didn't want to stop talking about my pregnancy. You didn't want to stop hearing about Enzo. You didn't want to stop having those real life conversations. Too often when it comes to grief, everybody locks down those conversations around the person that's grieving. And then it becomes all about the grief. Totally. Um, and it just makes it so much bigger. But at the same time, I needed that from you for you to tell me, Pia, I want to hear these things. Mm. I've seen it as something that has been really big from you is that you want you want to hear these stories. You want to hear about other people's problems and other people's lives. And even hearing about you talk with your client and you're bringing them on this journey and you're sharing in their wins and their success. And of course, that brings joy into your life. Of course it does. And I remember when I, we first spoke after it, it had happened, I think it was mm. like the day after. Mm-hmm. And I said to you, I'm so happy that you're pregnant. And mm. you just said to me, I feel guilty, right? Mm, completely. That conversation was really precious to me because it yeah. was like you as my friend being honest with me about how you felt. Yeah. And yeah. if you can't tell me that, how can I tell you how I feel? Totally. And then I would just not bring up anything about my pregnancy because I was like, uh, and it's for what reason I'm going to remind Kaya about babies. It's so stupid when you think about it, but it was, it's just a natural reaction that you have. And I really cherish that conversation that we had the next day when you called me because you, it was then that you set the boundaries of what you did want to hear and what you didn't want to hear. And that for me was so helpful because I just kept thinking, I'm never going to be able to tell her when I've had my baby. I, I don't want to talk up to her about any mom stuff that's going on. But at the end of the day, Kaya, you are a mom. Exactly. And I think if you hadn't have been able to say to me, I feel guilty, Mm. I wouldn't have been able to say to you, I don't want you to, I'm really happy for you. And I think people tiptoe all that we want from the people that we love and the people that we care about is we just, we don't want them to to try to be something different. We just want them to to be who they are and to share with us what they're experiencing. Yeah, yeah, completely. The fact that you go out and you get your nails done, there is something, I don't know what it is, but women take on stress way more than men do. And it builds up in our system in a way that that's quite corrosive. Um, And it affects our hormones in a way that it doesn't affect men. And doing things like that where you can just socially unload, there's something magic in just going and getting your nails done and you feel clean and you feel, you just feel born again. And I can pretend to myself, I said to my husband, I was having this kind of internal dialogue of being Mm. like, this doesn't matter. Why do you want to waste your money? Why are you so vain or whatever? Mm. It's this layer of judgment that I'm adding onto myself. Where actually looking down at my hands and my feet... Yeah. And look and them looking good makes me feel better. Completely. It's a little daily reminder of I matter that I actually matter. 100%. And this is why I I feel so passionately about food, not because of food, but because of food's power to bring people together and going and getting your nails done with a friend. That's it's the act of you guys coming together and sharing in life stories and having those moments and leaving that and going, wow, I, I do feel better. And you know what? It was a luxury experience Mm. to on a Friday morning be with one of my best friends for two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. When she has three children, I had to child. When was the last time that we ever did that? No. 
right and so it's foolish and it's a Mm. lie to not be able to recognize that that was a great experience yeah absolutely and I'm interested to know because you were saying there that you're experiencing a bit of judgment and you're trying to keep yourself from judging situations how what kind of judgment is coming up for you and how are you stopping that from taking over as a narrative in your head I think that I am judging myself less and less but there was a lot of judgment at the beginning about Mm. the fact that this had even happened yeah yeah and I think the hypnotherapy really shifted that for me and Pauline Rodick who again we will put her info in the show Mm. notes because it was so powerful the session that she did with me and my husband and with my mum and dad I think that treatment what it did is it took away the what if because mm. it it took me away from this one moment, flashback, flashback, flashback. For me, yeah. it's about three or four moments. I think what happens for a lot of people in grief is that they get caught in this, the end of it being everything. Yeah. And yeah. that becomes consuming. Yeah. And actually, I notice that now my judgment towards myself is really diminished because I'm in this energy of his actual life. Mm. And like his life the life that I had with him was so like full of love all the time. You know what it's like with your child. You're running around doing everything for them. Yeah. You might not be looking after yourself, but one thing's for sure is you're looking after yeah, them. After them. Yeah, totally. Um, and actually, I think for me now, the judgment is about the, is towards my husband, where yeah. I am noticing that there's a pattern of wanting to get involved and say to him, you should go for a walk. You should go outside. Why don't you have a shower? These things will make you feel better. And Mm -hmm. as I was walking down the road today, I was literally like, my mum used to say these things to me when I was a teenager. Like, why don't you come for a walk with me? Switch off the television. Get up. And it's like, did it ever work? No. And it's like, (laughs) just fuck off. Yeah. I recognized I was sharing it with my friend and she was like, God, it's so interesting, isn't it? That you realize that all the things that your parents say to you, it's just because they want the best for you. It's coming from a place of wanting the best for my husband. But then if I want the best for him, if I'm annoying him and I'm inserting myself into a situation, Mm -hmm. that's missing the point because it's not making him feel good. It's not making me feel good. Noticing that pattern arising enables me to be like okay so what do you actually need to do right now you need to empathize and what does that look like that looks like being loving that looks like being kind yeah yeah it's such an interesting one because we all do it I do that with Stephen on exercise you know and I'm always trying to get him to do exercise but it's exactly the same it's that naggy really getting involved inserting myself into when he's listless and he's hanging out on the couch and not having any curiosity around, like, why are you listless? Why are you hanging out in the couch? What's going on? And instead, well, you just gonna go out for a walk. And it's it's a really, really difficult thing because you do want the best for them. But the way that we show the people that we love what is best for them is it's actually in a really destructive way. And also, why don't we just mind our own business? It's literally a case of mind your own business. And why don't you just think about what you need? that was a great reframe for me today why am I focusing on what he needs yeah yeah what about what I need if I need to go for a walk go for a walk yeah you know, you're if right I need to sunshine if I need to meditate if I need to do yoga do those things just do it you yeah. know yeah yeah it's it's like that saying stay in your own lane we can only do the things these things for ourselves and everyone's gonna you know and Steph is gonna come to what he needs in his own time and being told to do that and get up and have a shower and that's not going to help him right now he needs to get there on his own totally 
Yeah, it's such an interesting one and we all do it and it's just counterintuitive. Um, so how how's your week been? My week has been, yeah, it's been, it's just been really, really busy and I haven't been looking after myself and I, I, I'm getting more pregnant and it's leading to burnout, to be honest. And this morning I went to my acupuncturist who I just love <laughs> and she just brings me back to life. I think it's just because I have been doing a lot of very new work with clients. So I'm doing a lot of branding exercises and these brand identity workshops that I've never done before. So it all is using a lot of brain power and the level of prep that's going into the meetings is huge because I've never done this before. Yesterday, I felt like I had had 10 coffees all day. I was just buzzing in a horrible way. And I was doing breathing exercises. I even started the day with meditation. I did yoga. I did nothing was working like literally like I couldn't bring myself down um, and I had a really really bad night's sleep and it's just it's that is happening more easily now because I just think more nutrients and everything is being sapped by or more energy is being taken by the baby absolutely so I yeah I just need to start I I need to start doing things a little bit differently um and that's sort of the the bit of self-care though I cannot stress this enough for every woman. It's we build up stress in our system in a way that men don't. So men don't need to do these things, but women need to offset their stress in some way. And whether that is a bath at the end of the day, going to get your nails done, getting out and going for a walk, ask your partner to look after the kids and get out on your own without headphones. There has to be something. And for me, Liz, my acupuncturist, she is a a non-negotiable part of my self-care routine. Yeah, you know, it's interesting as you were talking about that there, the word Mm. that you used at the beginning was this week, I've just been so busy. That's leading to burnout. I was talking about it with my friend this morning and Mm. the busyness is the kind of warning sign, right? Yeah, When you feel like you're really busy, this is self-imposed a lot of the time Yeah, because you can be, you can take clear-headed, focused action. Yeah. And then you can be anxious and overwhelmed. Mm. And that's the busy, isn't it? It's the the word busy is very different from focused. Focused or productive or anything like that. The energy of it is very different. It's scattered. There are certain signs I know when I'm getting busy and I'm getting scattered and, and too much is building up and I'm leading to that burnout stage and everyone will have different markers. But for me, it happens when I, I will start to sing a song in my head on repeat, the same sentence it's insane like it's absolutely insane this week I've been singing Halo by Beyonce just over and over it's like when that happens it's like my brain is so busy that it just pushes everything out and just does this song on repeat so it makes me feel like I'm going absolutely insane for me when that happens I need to put everything down I need to stop this surface level work and start writing down what is it I need to get done what is it I want to achieve this week and what can go off my list for next week getting things from my head onto paper definitely is how I try and get around that busyness so what's going to be different for you next week oh I what is going to be busy so I'm doing a lot of workshops with clients next week so it's going to be a lot of meetings I love the meetings I love going in because that's when all the magic happens this week has been so intense because I'm prepping for that and One of the things that I have found through one of my own coaches, Kelly, when she was coaching me on on how I work with clients, she we found that the consulting for me happens before the meeting. It's like that's what happens outside of the room. That's when I create my frameworks and my structures 
And then the coaching is what happens when I'm in the room. And then I'm I'm talking these things through with my clients. And we're trying to get to the, the core issue, which in my case, I'm trying to discover what their vision is for the business. What's their mission? What's their purpose beyond trying to make a profit? So that, so that side is, I really love that work, Kaya. Like it's really just, that's fun. So I'm looking forward to a lot of that next week. And I, I, I'm going to work with someone else who's working with me to bring my brand online. We can kind of talk a little bit about this because I, I want to share this story because I have recently been bringing my brand online and I've been working with a freelancer to do that. I'm sharing this story because I think it's it's really interesting to just let people know that I really feel I've gotten it wrong. I have not been happy with how I'm showing up online. I, so explain a bit more about what you think you've got wrong. Mm, I've resisted social media like the plague because I feel it's it can be quite an inauthentic world and I have no interest in feeding that machine and doing things for likes um, and I'm working with someone who is really amazing at understanding how the algorithms work but when I look at my values as a person and as a business like one of the things I always tell my clients is find your purpose and then the profit will come don't chase profit I feel like doing all these things to play off the algorithm, you have the wrong lens on what you're doing. So you end up chasing the clickbait that is going to end up getting you new followers. So that's what I feel I've I've gotten wrong, that I've shown up in a way online that is really curated. I got a professional photo shoot and all of this. And anyone right now can check my social media page at the time of this recording. And they can see that it's a very curated version of myself. And I'm looking lovely and I've got my makeup on and all this kind of stuff. And it's completely anti to what I believe in as a business, that you need to show up and be authentic. And that the business, the things that I'm talking about, I should be be creating these posts that are helping people. It's not just about. So what okay? did you actually get wrong? I think I think that I haven't been clear enough with the people that I'm working with and that I'm still acting like somebody who is executing on things instead of the person who's able to lead and say, look, these are my standards and these are my boundaries and this is how I work. And I don't think I've been clear in that. And that has led to an experience where we're chasing the followers rather than it and, and I had a conversation with, with this person and we had a bit of an uh, a bit of a heated conversation about the post I said look I don't know who this is serving I feel like this is just a very self-indulgent post that's just about me looking beautiful and whatever and and she said well this is what works that it has to be short it has to be snappy it has to be all these things she said I get the algorithms and I said yeah but you don't get my business it's been such a learning curve for me, Kaya, that you need to spend more time setting the groundwork if you're going to have freelancers come into your business. She's created this whole online persona for me through one questionnaire and a couple of conversations, as opposed to like me really taking ownership of the copy. Like she's writing the copy for me and I can see it's working. Like she's getting much more followers I can seal that but I actually don't care about having loads of followers I care about having people who believe in what I do and my message resonates with them and I've been thinking a lot about like who do I serve online because Mm. she she created that persona like I'm helping consumers Mm. mom and this is her name and she's confused about the food industry and 
the more I've been thinking about it, I, I, I'm like, I don't serve consumers. I serve no. business. Yeah. I, and I've always served business. And so what's really hit home for me this week is that I think the people that I serve, it's, it's female food business owners who are trying to do the right thing and trying to make better products in a male dominated industry. That's like really, cause I just see these, so many of my clients are men and so many, but then I see these incredible female led food companies that are taking a waste product and then they're turning it into something that really ramps your, the fiber in your diet. They're just being really clever, but they are also then dealing with a lot of the retail buyers and a lot of the very, um, agro kind of you know aggressive behavior that exists within the food industry yeah it's so exciting hearing you talking about this because what I'm hearing you say is that the creative work Mm -hmm. the kind of brand building the things that you do with your clients yeah you have handed to somebody (laughs) else I know because but it's interesting because it's like what I'm hearing is that you kind of created this narrative around social media you made it into this Thing yes with this kind of personality where you were like I don't like it I don't understand yeah. it I'm not touching it I'm not going near it right yeah. yeah when actually it's not alive and it's a tool and it can be anything you want it to be yeah and in that process when you brought in somebody as a technical expert mm-hmm. you then gave them the kind of artistic license where those things are actually two separate things yeah. And what I think is really cool is that through this situation, I've seen you learn double time mm. because even though you're saying you got it wrong and you made a mistake mm. and I hear you, I also heard you saying if you'd laid the groundwork, she could have had something to build off. So if Completely. you created the brand persona yourself online, she could have followed that. But you had years to do that and you didn't because there was that resistance. So in going through this process with her, you have fast forwarded the rate at which you have learned, one, that you want to create your brand yourself. And two, like that was massive clarity. I've never heard you say that before. Such like light bulb, ding, 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 ding. Oh, my God. Saying that not only is it B2B, it is like female founders in the food Mm -hmm. industry in Ireland who are doing family-run businesses using ethical products or waste products all this kind of stuff that is a huge acceleration yeah exactly it's just my I feel like this week I have niched down so many layers because for me it's always been food producers it's been family-run it's been in Ireland and now I've niched down so much more that it's like these purpose-led, cool. female-led businesses. Because I see so many of these women are, they end up setting up these businesses because maybe their child has celiac disease or maybe they can't get healthy snacks or it's things like that that lead them to create the business. And yeah. then they go into the industry, which is, and I come from the meat industry. So I have had the most horrific behavior against me. But I've learned in the hardest yeah. way, how, and you're the same, like you've been in, in National Rail, you've been in a very male dominated industry and you've learned to survive and not only survive, but thrive within that. And I want to help these women who at the end of the day, it's their business and they're dealing with buyers and they're dealing with, they're trying to navigate an industry that's very aggressive. And it's like, how can I help? How can I help them do that? And I was listening to this podcast recently, and this guy was talking about how you create a personal brand online. And he said, the best person that you can help is the person that you once were. And it's like, when I think of me being that young person 
trying to create sales for food producers for pretend they were my business but I was trying to create sales in a male dominated industry and all the shit that I encountered on that journey and all this stuff that I've learned the games that the buyers will play that you just need to walk away from if I can share that I'm really going to help speed up someone's you know that they're learning not only their learning journey but how quickly they can get sales how quickly they can do these things and what I find is that when I deal with a lot of my male clients some of them are amazing at they want to have a bigger impact than just making money but a lot of them are still very much thinking in terms of those metrics I want to make more money I want to make more profit and it's when I talk to my female clients that they really care about the value drivers they care about coming from that place if they know why they created the product because it has like a personal that they're meeting a need that they couldn't find in the market and what I love about this is that also when you lean into that and it, it, there can be so many different narratives of who we used to be, right? There's so mm. many different skews on it. But when you lean into helping that kind of person who's just one or two steps behind you, you yeah. also have you the natural expertise and the natural authority you have mm. is in that. Yeah, because like, you've been them. And that man, yeah. it's like, even though they might align with the values, it's like they're not aspiring to be you. And I'm not saying you want no. your clients to aspire to be you, but you do want them to you do want to have a level of expertise that they can see and you're not trying to, you don't want to be pulling people along, right? Absolutely. And it's the kind of conversation that a buyer will have with you as a woman is very different to how they treat their male suppliers. And I've seen that again and again and again. The male clients that I deal with, they, they have not had that experience. Whereas I can share in that experience with my female clients. Yeah. And I just find that the female founders they really give a shit about their employees. They're not just doing these things for corporate social responsibility. They say genuinely want to allow flexibility so that their staff can go home if their kids are sick or something like that. It's so interesting. I was talking to my friend today and she has a little side hustle. Mm. And it's so funny because I've talked with a couple of friends in the last few weeks about businesses that they could do on their own, right? Yeah. And what I notice is that when I'm talking to somebody else, it's so crystal clear to me, one, what their niche should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also that their niche is so important. And I'm like, yeah. your business, let's take for an example, if you were a doing some sort of service provider, if you think you work with a bookkeeper, right? Yeah. Or an accountant. If you in that role focus on like female solopreneurs who are coaches, right? Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of them. You can yeah. create a product that is designed exactly for their business. And then your ability to scale that and to deliver an amazing service to them without and make a lot of money without working a mm. lot of hours is really great. Whereas the natural thing is, oh, I'm a bookkeeper to everybody. And then you have to keep creating all these different systems that are like relevant to the different clients that you have. And it's so counterintuitive to what we feel like doing. Yeah. And it's you and I are doing that work with our clients. And yet for ourselves, there's this resistance to closing the niche down, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet now, as soon as you get that clarity, you can see now that once you start talking to those people, why would they work with anyone but you? Exactly, because it really feels like you You're understand them. them. You're for them, 100%. And I, it's, I get it with my clients all the time. Who is it that you serve? And they're like, well, we serve everyone from this to this. And I'm like, no, by doing that, you're actually serving no one. And that is literally ha- what I've been doing online is I've been, you know, and, and this is the thing, this is a funny, I've, it's been such a learning because this 
particular freelancer, she is trying to do everything for me. And it's from a good place. And I see a lot of women do this. A lot of women go in and they they try and take all the work off their client and they do everything and they run themselves ragged trying to do. I do want that from my bookkeeper, right? I want her to do as much as possible so that I don't have to. But I don't want that on the creative work. I get so much better results from my clients when I do a mix of consulting and coaching. I give them the frameworks, I give them the structure, but I get them to do the work. Whereas before, what I always do is I do the work for them. I will write the value proposition. I'll create that. I, I'll create the export plan. I'll do the sales for them. And then what ends up happening is they're not connected to the customer. They're not connected to why they're doing the business and they lose the business. It sounds really basic, but these things are so profound. I'm so excited for you because, as I said, this is such big clarity. It's mm. not something to gloss over. And I know that you mentioned that you've been having mixed emotions this week and mm. like stress and stuff. And sometimes when we're trying to get something really big, we are stressed because there's this intuition that's telling us and then there's all the like yeah. rational resistance that we've got to let go. I think that's exactly why it all culminated in that. And that's why I felt like my body had that little kind of breakdown because there was so much thinking work going on. And then there was running around after Enzo. There was when he was he was home from crash the last for three days. So I was trying to look after him. And so was Stephen. And we we're like, I was in the middle of a meeting and he was on my lap and he was trying to get keys. And it was just like, it was such a disaster of a meeting so that you have all of that. And then you have this really profound realizations that you're coming to. And you're right. Like I'm, I'm coming to this kind of culmination in this journey of me bringing my brand online, which has been something that has just been chewing away at me for so long. Um, but I really feel like I've come through it now, like understanding that niche and understand, and not just that I'm excited to help these people. Like I'm excited to help female food businesses because I think we need more of them totally another thing that I heard you say not right now in this conversation but earlier in Mm. the week to me was that you'd had this other realization that you love doing copywriting yeah and those things are hand in hand now it's like you've taken quite uncomfortable action for you you've made quite a significant financial investment Mm. you've put your face online you've been making videos right you've been doing all of this stuff that's really uncomfortable right Mm. and going through it was like uncomfortable too yeah yeah and let's call it a challenge rather than hard yeah but like out the other side is clarity Mm -hmm. and drive to do things that feel good like the way that it feels now for you to create content is really Mm. different right oh my god you're so right it was really uncomfortable bringing myself online and it was way more uncomfortable Kaya having my friends and my family and people who know me say just doesn't seem like you online like we just don't know who this person is and feeling embarrassed like these posts going up that were just reels of me walking down my stairs and something you know a caption that I felt was quite preachy do you know what I mean and being embarrassed when I saw them because I'm like I'm not helping anybody with this post it was through that and through that a failure I I say that there are no failures there are only lessons it's from that that I got this clarity and I realized I don't want to be creating content for consumers because I feel there's so much information out there for consumers you can go online and you can get recipes you can get information you can get so much but there's not as much for people who are so much like drowning in their business they've got staff to pay they've got really low profit margins they've got you know all these issues that food businesses have Um, And they're being bullied by their customers. 
Totally. You know? And it's really, it is challenging for all of us to lean into intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard to go against, I don't like using the word hard, but I was working with a client on this today. Yeah. There's all these slogans out there about yeah. what's right and what everyone else is doing. It's challenging to shut out all the noise and yeah. to do things that like, as you said, you might feel embarrassed. You might feel like you're failing. You might do something that feels like you feel ridiculous doing it. But mm-hmm. when you take action and yeah. you get super uncomfortable, the more uncomfortable you are, the faster you're going to grow. That's <laughs> for true. sure. It's what I said to you. You yeah. literally did nothing posting on social media. I've been like in your ear about it for like yeah. months, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, anyway, yeah, I need to get everything perfect. Yada, 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 yada. Totally. Okay? Yeah. Actually, when you just took action and you put your money there and so your money yeah. was like, okay, I need to take this seriously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. You've come out of it the other side and I know you're over the resistance. Yeah. And you know what your voice is and yeah. you're just ready to experiment yeah. and not take yourself so seriously. And the outcome of that is going to be amazing. I hope so. And you're right. I held this off for so long because of this perfectionism thing that every woman has. And every woman, when I talk to her, they're like, oh God, I'm such a perfectionist. But I wanted to make sure that it was perfect. And I got the the professional makeup done. I got the photo shoot. I did all that. And then I put this perfect thing online and it's completely fucking shit. I mean, l- listen, you're being an extremist now because I thought you looked amazing and I'm not as bad as you say at all. But I think that... But it's not me. Listen, there were some parts of it that I really loved. And I think that, you know, as I said, there was look for the wins here which is that you've yeah. got your face on camera totally. you've got yourself making videos I loved the videos I loved yeah like I absolutely it was funny once I started recording the videos and posting them online people contacted me and said that's you we want to see more of that so for me and you've said this for months you're like you should do videos videos is is where you shine um so I am I'm gonna do more of that and it was only through this whole journey that I've realized that So Pia, tell me for this week, what was your high? What was your low? And what did you learn? What was my high? So I told you before that I'm working with this really cool food brand uh, in Ireland. It's a, it's a food emporium. Yes. And I, part of this brand identity workshop that I'm going to be doing with them next week, I said to them that I just want to come into your store and I want to interview your customers and get a little bit of a feel for the brand and so I spent all day yesterday in there and I was like sounds great it was so much fun I was going around all these like really foodie people who were buying ingredients for whether they were cooking at home or whether they were entertaining at home and I just got to interview them and then they allowed me to to say to them look if you want a free coffee or a tea or something go up to the counter and get one just to answer a few of my questions and I just had the best conversations with people and so great it was so cool when I started uh, working with a beef burger manufacturer years ago this is what like 12 years ago the first thing I said to my boss was I just want to work in a burger restaurant for for a month and he was like okay because it's like I think it's by being at that level that you really start to learn you get a voice for customers really? you understand their challenges so I just I have such a good picture of this brand now and where their value lies I had a good chat with the CEO yesterday and I was like if you want to get content because they, they want more content for their social media and things like that I was like all the stories you need are down on the floor you just need your staff to go out and collect them because I've had the most incredible conversations all day and people are happy to talk about their stuff you know so that was my high my my low was just literally 
like feeling like my body was shutting down yesterday. It was really intense, Kaya. It was like every single nutrient had been zapped out of me. I was, my nervous system was like over, overreacting. I don't know what it was. I felt like I couldn't breathe. It felt like the baby was kind of like hitting off my lungs and I couldn't get a deep breath. And I was just on the verge of an anxiety attack all day. And I literally couldn't get it to, to go away. Um, and it was only from acupuncture that I, um, that it's gone now. I feel amazing. So what I learned was that I just, I'm just going too hard and I need to stop. I need to start working differently and I need to start letting go and allowing people to do the work. I keep saying that thing that we always say, which is ease and flow. Like, how can I do this? with ease and flow and I'm starting my day every day going how do I want to feel what about you so I think my high was going to get my nails done with my friend that was just really lovely and also have to say working with clients this week has been great I think it's just so nice to be like super focused on what somebody else is saying and what they're doing Mm -hmm. my low has been you know organizing my son's funeral and Mm. that's a real low and we have to have another autopsy done in London. So it's been, that has been really a lot to just talk about all the time. And yeah. that's been a real low. And I think my learning from this week has been that even in the darkest of situations, mm. ease and flow is available. Yeah. Yeah. And I was saying this to my friend today. You can always find things to be grateful for. That's the treatment that I'm administering to myself right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that finding gratitude and looking for things that are wonderful around me and mm-hmm. gifts. That that's how I am able to get through days and how yeah. I'm able to balance out there are times when I literally feel like I'm drowning mm-hmm. and but there are also times when I feel really full yeah and it's yeah. that kind of contrast which is truthful when I think about what I want for my future I want to feel lucky I want to feel full of gratitude for my life and I want to feel joyful and I want to laugh I want to be Mm. in love with my husband and I want to be in love with my life I deeply believe that you attract you know what you focus on you attract and I know that there are tools and there are techniques which are available to anybody to apply and I am lucky that I know them and I know them well Yeah. yeah and it's this learning that they apply and they are available in all situations. And so what when you're really feeling, because that is a heavy week, that is just, that's more than most people have to do in their entire lives. And for you to come on this call and just be so overall, just so proactive and so upbeat and, and everything, it just blows my mind. And it's when you're feeling in the depths of that drowning, what are the things you do to, I to, to be start, grateful? I just start thinking about what I'm grateful for. Wow. And it's like when people say to you, oh my God, you're facing the worst thing that could have ever happened. Mm. That's not true. Yes, I'm facing something that is really unimaginable for people. So yeah. don't try and imagine it. But yeah. you're like, my husband is still here. 
Yeah. My mum and dad are still here. Imagine losing everything. I know. So there are so many things to be grateful for. You're right. You're and right. And it's these slogans that people throw out that just don't mean anything. And you don't want to compare suffering, but when you look around you, there are like a lot of different situations that people are going through that they are experiencing a trauma, whether it's that they are going through like losing their partner or they're getting a divorce and they feel like they're alone and raising their children, whatever it is, like all of these things are really challenging situations to navigate Mm. and they are traumatic, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Open your eyes and look at the world around you right it it feels bad if you look inside and you think nobody understands what I'm going through this is all happening to me why is it happening to me suffering is a human experience and it's everywhere in the world not saying I want to look at suffering but let's be real there's wars going on in the world right now there's heavy shit everywhere yeah Yeah. so we all do have living in the UK like and Ireland a lot to be grateful for and that's those things are factual right yeah completely I think it's this categorization of suffering. So you had a child die and that's up here, but I'm not going to talk about my problems. It's so small in comparison to that. All of that is subjective, but what's not subjective are these practices that you're doing. They're unemotional. And anyone can do that. It doesn't matter what level your suffering is at. Totally. And I think that that's the point of my mission is about empowerment and it's particularly Mm -hmm. about female empowerment. There are things that you can do. It's not about who you are. It's about what are you doing for anyone who is experiencing trauma? I cannot recommend hypnotherapy enough. Mm. That is an amazing tool that I am grateful that I knew about and I administered to myself immediately. You know Mm. about it now as well, if you're listening to this podcast, and it's something that you can explore if you are dealing with trauma and gratitude practice. We can all, we can all practice that in our life. Completely. So thank you so much for everybody for joining us for another episode. We invite you to start your day thinking, how do you want to feel and what have you got to be grateful for today? Thank you so much for joining us. If anything we talked about today resonated and you know a woman who needs to hear this too, Please send her the episode and help us keep the movement going because women helping women only makes us stronger. To stay up to date on our latest episodes and the guests joining us, follow the She's Electric podcast on LinkedIn and Instagram. The music is Teenage Songbird by Forte, used with permission from the artist. We hope to see you again soon.